We've just had such... <laughs> She's telling me not to get her too drunk, but I think, uh-oh, that's an invitation. I see that as an invitation. So more, Lord. You can get drunk while I tell you how awesome you are. <laughs> We've had such a good conference getting just unzipped and, and zipped like have, had some heart surgery through the Holy Spirit with these guys and just been absolutely undone. You are in for a wonderful, wonderful encounter. So I just, we welcome you, Justin and Abby. These guys are, are they're, they're, they're part of our Bethel family. They live in Reading and they're just our wonderful cousins <laughs> in the river. <laughs> You're not the weird cousins. You guys are the best looking cousins ever. <laughs> and I just want to declare that you look just like your heavenly daddy. And your he hearts, yeah, he's, he loves your shiny head, Justin. <laughs> you radiate his glory. <laughs> and we as a church family, we just want to thank you for pouring out. We have so appreciated and we are hungry for what you have to share. Yeah, let's just stand. <laughs> we honor you. We celebrate your I just I just see the father just celebrating and just twirling over you. You guys just delight his heart. So have your way with us. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ash. Murray. They are dangerous. You are dangerous. <laughs> Last night, Murray, like I, after the service, I went upstairs and I, I'd gotten so messed up and wrecked on stage in the best of ways. And then I went upstairs and Murray's like, I'm going to pray for you again. I'm like, no, 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 no. And I start running away. And then he just like hunts me down and I'm obliterated on a couch for like 10 minutes. It was so incredible. Thank you for the nice introduction, Ash. Um, I said this earlier, but really, the leadership team has been such a beautiful experience to participate in watching your culture that you've cultivated that's incredibly authentic to love and to family. This morning, I actually, I'm going to tell on you, Duncan, for a second. Um, I was standing in worship, and there was a little boy over here that my heart was so moved by him, and I just wanted to run over and just grab him and wrap him up in my arms, because I was just like, oh, he's so adorable. I just love him so much. But and we know that looks like being a predator when you don't know the kids. <laughs> Come here! <laughs> I'm taking you away! <laughs> but, but, Everybody's holding their kids a little bit tighter. Um, don't get near the guest speakers. <laughs> They'll steal you. Um, but there was, there was something so, uh, all of a sudden, just Duncan... In that moment, as I'm having that, that, that emotion or that experience, I watch him just dive down and he's like, he's just loving on this little boy down here, just having a conversation with him and connecting with him. And I was like, very rare have I ever seen someone in a leadership position step out of the moment that they're in. And I'm not even judging people. I'm just saying, just step out of the moment they're in to actually meet little children where they're at and engage them. And I watch this engagement. It's not just Duncan. I watch so many people engage like that. And it's such a beautiful environment to be part of. So thank you for allowing us to see that and participate in that experience. Yes. In case you have only been to this church in your life, the DNA here is extremely rare. Yeah. The value for yeah. children and family and love and laughter and presence and healthiness. I have never seen a culture that is so beautifully married, so many things. Like, this is what heaven looks like to me. Yeah. I'm in this building being like this. When we get to heaven, it's going to look like this. It's going to look like Duncan on the floor under the chair. So um, I just wanted to take a quick second. First of all, the video that, about the women's conference, Shara and Danny did that. And I am only here because of Shara and Danny who like bridged the gap. And I just want to thank you for sharing your family, but also... Yeah. You guys are so much like love, and you are the most accurate prophetic voice I have ever met, and I just want to love you and honor you for the way that you carry Jesus. Um, so thank you. I wanted to take a couple, there's a couple uh, prophetic words. I also want to say, Ash is more like God. <laughs> have any of you guys seen the movie The Shack? I'm like, they, they cast Holy Spirit wrong. It's Ash. It is Ash. 
If you want to know what the Holy Spirit looks like, it is her. So I just, um, I feel very, I feel very much like I have met a part of God that I was missing in my life by you. And I, I just have this prayer. I was praying it last night. God, make me more like Ash. I want to show who you are she like did. she does. Yeah. I want to show your joy. I want to show your love. I want to be your arms like she is. And so I just wanted to bless you. And I actually heard the Lord. If you're a mom in here, will you just raise your hand? If you're around them, just put your hands on them. I feel like there's such an anointing in this house. Ash and Kate are by far, I mean, their family are so beautiful. You can tell they love their children with everything. And Justin's mom grew up without the nurturing thing. Like she just said, I, I didn't know what it was to feel like a mom. I didn't have that. And so whether you have it or you don't, we're praying that you would have increase. Yeah. So God, we ask for all the moms yeah. in this room that there'd be a downpour of heaven, revelation of your love and your compassion, yeah. that your patience and tenderness would envelop them, that they'd begin to treat their kids the way you treat them, that you would hold them close, that there would be compassion and nurture. Holy Spirit, you'd be so near that the joy of the Lord would rise yeah. up in their life, that they would enjoy motherhood, the, the poopy days, the vomity days, that there'd be supernatural joy in the yeah. midst of that, and there'd be wisdom to speak from your heart, that there, this would be a house where the mothers are known for their spirit of nurture. That this would be a house where people come because they say, I want to know what the mother God heart looks like. Yeah. That this would be a house where people actually get as healed from mother God heart as they do from father God heart. In Jesus' name, amen. And then I, um, I just want to pray for Duncan and Kate. Um, I, I was... I was prophesying over your children and talking to your wife a little bit, and I just felt the Lord. And so if you guys would just extend your hands towards them. I feel like you guys have an entrepreneurial anointing, that there is an anointing on your life for strategy for business. Now, I know you guys are ministry, but I do feel like not only, like there's a, Justin had the picture the other day of the oil coming out, but you actually knowing how to put it into bottles to give it away to people. And I, and I felt like just like your kids have an anointing for real estate, I feel like there is an anointing on your life. You're going to reap, the, like this church, it's not even, I actually see it as a covering thing. The, the people who come to this church are going to actually have a gifting of ideas from heaven with business. There's been, a, like, in the past few years, God has given me, in the middle of the night, ideas that have changed our business forever, that has shifted our finances. And I see that there's, like, an anointing here for people to come and actually hear from God about what to do with finances. That there'd be an increase in finances over every person that comes into this house. That you would get ideas, that you would get dreams, that you'd have visions, you'd invent things, that you would have supernatural favor just like to get houses to have rental properties that this is meant to be a house where business flows where there is a gifting of business at this church where people step in and they're like I didn't know what I was gonna do with my life and suddenly God has made me a Joseph that you guys have an apostolic covering for Joseph's to be put into their place I actually see this where people are coming in and they're coming in from the prison season they're coming in from the slavery season they're coming in and what actually happens is they get in here and God shifts the timeline they go through the identity they experience the father's love and all of a sudden they shift into the joseph calling where they are leading government where they are leading and they are taking care of the finances of kings so god we ask for this church and we ask for this family that there'd be a supernatural business yes, anointing yes. in jesus name amen
Okay. I'm going to say something. I just have to remember what it is. Um, I, Justin wrote a book. It's called The Tree of Life. It's an allegory, which is a story. Jesus taught in stories because it goes past your logic into your heart and changes you. And it is the journey of identity, going from orphan to son, learning who you are, learning how to come alive where you're planted. And I felt like there were some people in this room that you're in a season of transition. The old is gone and you don't really know what the new is yet. You're in that limbo season. Gosh, I don't like that season. But everybody goes through it where you're like, oh, I can feel new is coming, and, but I don't have the total download of what it's going to look like and how the pieces are going to fit. And I just, um, so if that's you, would you raise your hand? Oh, it's the whole church. Great. Great, great, great. Okay. So, well, Ash, would you pick somebody who raised their hand to give this to? Just anybody. Oh, he's it. He's ready. Yes. There you go. Um, I'm going to pray for all of you. It didn't make you raise your hands and then that was it. But I, I actually felt the Lord say, this is a season of transition. And there's something that happens in the in-between. There is a, a development, a dependency on God when the old is gone and the new is not here yet. And it is a molding, shaping time. It is not a season where God is not doing anything. You may not see what he's up to. It's actually the pregnancy season. And so if you're in that season, I want you to just raise your hand. If you're around them, put your hand on them. If you're sitting next to them. Holy Spirit, we invite you. I just hear the Lord say, I have a plan. I have a purpose. I have the steps. I'm going to lead you breadcrumb by breadcrumb. I have not forgotten your story. All of the pieces will fall into place. You don't have to see it to know that it is coming. I have you right where you're at. The middle ground is exactly what I'm doing with you. You haven't missed it yet. I will be faithful to develop you. I will be faithful to show through. And God, we ask ask right now that there would be supernatural peace, peace right now, supernatural security, that all of a sudden they would feel like, oh, I'm taken care of. I'm held. This is the right season for me. I'm right where I need to be. God, I ask the kiss of confirmation would come rest on them. I just hear him saying, look up, child. I've got good things for you. I said this last night, but he's a good God with good plans for your good future. He's a good God with good plans for your good future. And I just release the truth that this is all part of the adventure. God, will you show your children where the pregnancy season, the middle place, is part of the adventure? Will you begin to give them vision for what adventure looks like as we go through the ebbs and flows of life where all of a sudden it looks like nothing's happening, nothing's happening, or, oh my gosh, it's all falling apart, but it's all part of a story that's being written. God, would you show them how you're actually penning a story with their life and they would get lost in the story, a story that the angels will actually read and be in awe of the story that you're in. And this is all part of it. And again, you have not been forgotten. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, now I'm going to start. This is for reals. But listen, if you have kids, you should get Justin's book because it's such a good read for kids. They love it. But it's actually for adults where you cry in it, but then the kids are like, oh, that's fun. And you're like, it's so fun. Okay. So I'm going to talk to you today about connection. Me and my husband have a podcast. It's called The Connected Life, where we're very real about all the messy things of life, but learning how to live connected to yourself, to others, and to God. And, um, and so when I, I got to tell you, my life is one of those of impossibilities. I grew up with so much shame and self-hatred, anxiety, depression. I was suicidal. I was tormented in every way. And there was no idea that I had that I could actually get all the way free from that. I didn't imagine it was possible to just laugh, to enjoy life. I didn't know that it was possible to, to have fun and to be at peace and to not be at war. 
And I got to tell you that my life, this is what I tell everybody, my life proves that there is nothing that is impossible. I was the most broken. For me to find a good marriage is like a miracle. For me to be able to laugh is like a miracle. My whole life is the, the message of there's nothing impossible for God. He can redeem everything. So I grew up with um, brokenness and God has uh, over the years healed and restored and taught and brought me into freedom and wholeness. And now this is what I get to share with people. And one of the things me and my husband do is we're consultants and that what we do is we work with people all over the world and we've trained lots of people to do what we do. And what we do is we help people overcome the places that they're stuck. We work with marriages and individuals and, but what we're good at is helping them learn how to connect And so when I worked at Bethel, the school of ministry, this is something that I actually would teach all of the pastors leading was how to create healthy connection inside of their groups. It's like a specialty of mine to create connection. And so I'm going to talk to you guys today about creating connection and about creating bonds with people. So I'm going to, there's about seven or eight different bonds that I have that I just want to tell you about. And when, when I'm talking to you about this, I want you to understand, we all have different relationships where some of them have some of these bonds. Like, so I might have, I'm going to go through each of those, but I might have a friend that's just a fun friend and that's beautiful and powerful. And I might have a friend that's just a spiritual friend and that's incredible. Also, there's no discrimination. I have people that fit certain spots But the goal of marriages and our deepest connections, like our best friends, is that we have the strongest bond possible. So I want you to think like each of these I'm going to go through is a, a strand of a rope. And the strongest rope is one that contains all the strands. And, and the reason I'm talking to you about this is not only is this what you need to have healthy, thriving relationships, but this is what God wants to have with you. He wants to have the deepest connection possible. So I'm going to begin with the emotional bond. So an emotional bond is when you share something vulnerable. You share how you're feeling. You share an insecurity. You share one of your dreams. It's where you let people in so they see past the mask, past the person who looks perfect, and you actually let them see who you are. So that's an emotional bond. I always think about, for this one, Jesus, when he's with the woman who was caught in adultery, she's naked, she's standing before all of her accusers, and he's sitting there with her in that moment. It's a moment of vulnerability, and that is Jesus having an emotional connection. Okay, so then we have the spiritual bonds. Don't you love, that's going to drive me nuts. Isn't that funny that my word goes past the box? That's funny. That's like... <laughs> Clearly my box is not big enough. This is what God is like. He doesn't fit in the box. He does not fit in the box. And so, um, so we have spiritual connection. You guys know what this is like. You come to a conference and you cry next to somebody. You go up for an altar call. And you're like, oh, Jesus. And then all of a sudden you're like, I feel like we're best friends. We both, or like you're on the floor next to somebody and you wake up and you're like, wow, that was amazing. Like when you worship together, when you pray together, I can't tell you how many times I counsel couples and they're having a hard time in their marriage. And I'm like, do you pray together? And they're like, no. I'm like, listen, we got to use our bonding. We have some great, we have great tools to emotionally connect. And one of them is through spiritual activity. So the next one would be, um, Physical touch. I love this one. They say that a human needs 12 meaningful physical touches a day in order to psychologically process life healthily. You actually cannot process. That's a physical touch lady back there. I can tell. <laughs> Me and you, sister. And so, like, that means, like, not just, like, a pat on the back. That's, like, a, like, like how Ash hugs. Where you're like wrapped in and it's uncomfortably long and you start to sweat. Not you. I mean, like I am. That's me. I'm like start to sweat. So, so that is like you bond through physical touch. They say if you kiss for a minute a day, don't try this with people you're not married to. But um, if you kiss your spouse for a minute every day, they say that it actually changes the way that you chemically relate emotionally. Because physical touch, God created us to connect through all the ways. I don't care if it's your love language or not. 
And so here's what, it, it, people use the excuse, it's not my love language. No, 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 Jesus did all of it, so so do we. Okay, so here's what, it, in the Bible, John lays his head on Jesus' chest. That's like him bonding with people. Or even like I think about when Jesus like spits in the mud and he wipes the mud on. He's like touching the person's eyes. It's through physical touch. It's a way that he bonds. And then we have fun. I grew up not valuing this because I wasn't fun. You know, I told you I was super depressed and had anxiety and torment. So I'm like, why would I value that? I don't believe in it. And that way I'm fine. But if you're in the kingdom of God, you know, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So if you are not having fun, you have missed part of the kingdom, a huge part of the kingdom. And I grew up like, I didn't know that God wanted to have fun. He's very playful. He's very fun. You read the Bible. I wish somebody would have told me, read the Bible and look for all the inside jokes. Look for all the ways Jesus is being cheeky. Look for all the fun God's having because it's in there. It's like in every story, there's something where he's like, kind of like cute and like, <laughs> he laughs at me all the time. I'm just lexic and I get up and I preach about Elisha and Elijah and I like every time I preach about Elisha and Elijah, I can see God with this huge cheeky grin on his face. He's like, you're never gonna remember which one is which. <laughs> he's like, I named them so close together just for this moment. <laughs> Like he is always giggling at me. And, and so he wants to have fun. And I think about the story in the Bible where Peter goes to Jesus and he's like, hey, should we pay taxes? And, and P let's see, should we pay taxes? And Jesus says, yeah, give to Caesar what is due to him. And so what Jesus does is he's like, hey, I've got an idea for you. Go fishing. And the first fish you catch, there will be gold in its mouth. Now I love this because Peter is a fisherman. Like this is what he's done his whole life. I guarantee you, Peter has never caught a fish with gold in its mouth before. That's where they got goldfish from. <laughs> I just came up with that, it was probably the Lord. Okay. <laughs> or the anointing of Duncan, cause he's got a great word sense of humor. Okay, so here's what happens. Peter, like I imagine Jesus is like, look at, I'm going to take you on a fun scavenger hunt. You need money. I have an idea. Go do the thing you've done your whole life. And you're going to figure out something that is so radically different. Like there's a million ways that God could have given him money. He could have reached in his pocket and men like here, but he was like, no, I want to have fun with you. I want this to be playful. I want there to be wonder in this. And fun is so important. Like I think about in my marriage, the fun is a huge part of the glue. Let's be honest, fun and sex, that's the glue of marriage. <laughs> and sex is fun, no, I'm okay, but. <laughs> but I, I am saying that like a huge part of healthy connection is having fun with people, laughing, playing, dance parties in your house. Like this is, it, it, we're meant to be just big dorks that are kids forever, that are playing together. Just like this little baby. So cute. Okay, then we have doing nothing together. Have any of you guys ever done this? Where like you're in the same room, you're reading your own books, or you're listening to music, but you're not talking. I think this is a, for all the introverts, you're like, this is my favorite. <laughs> I love this. But there's something about, there's a different level of bonding you have when you can just sit and do nothing. Like it means that you're not trying, you're not trying to be something, you don't have to figure things out. You've actually gone past the, nor the first gate of relationship and now you're just relaxing. I always think like soaking is kind of like this, the doing nothing. Um, I also think like Jesus did this all the time because they were walking. They had, you know, they walked all over the country. And I, so that was them just doing nothing together. They're just like hanging out, doing the normal things. And then we have working together towards a purpose. So this is, such a, this is such a bonding thing. Have you ever, like me and my husband, when we cook a meal together, we are bonding. We're like on the same team. That's why parents are meant to like do the work together as a bonding thing. Now, if you're a single parent, you get to bond with God as your partner in crime. 
But it's a, a bonding process. It's meant to be where when you do, that's why when you volunteer at church, I love volunteering at church because now you become best friends with these people, not best friends, but you like get close with them. If you go to a soup kitchen and you serve next to somebody, you feel camaraderie because when you're doing something for a purpose, it pulls your heart in. I always think about for this one, when Jesus and the disciples are doing, they're feeding people with the loaves and the fishes. They're multiplying the loaves and the fishes. He's sending them out. He's like, go do this, go do this. He's like the team captain. You go over here, I'm gonna throw it long, go, you know? <laughs> like he's, you know, like the North Carolina Panthers, right? That's how your team goes. Do you guys have any fans? You don't like football, I can tell. Okay, that's fine. You're a very spiritual church. There's no football here, it's okay. Um, but so like, they're, they're, that's not a team? Oh, you don't, what team? Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's okay. ADD, it's fine. Bless your football watching times. I feel the Lord in football. Listen, it's one of the ways that I connect to him the most. Those NFL season commercials come on and I'm crying. I'm like, yes, Lord. Okay, because me and him have fun together. We connect through lots of different ways. And so... You have the working towards a purpose. I imagine like they all got done with the fishes and loaves multiplying and working and gathering. And there was a camaraderie that they felt from that. And then you have the going through pain. So nobody likes this one, but it is one of the ways you bond. Trauma bonds you. <laughs> so they say like, don't date somebody after you just went through an earthquake with them. Like... It's just the bond of the trauma. So in case you've ever been in an earthquake and the Armageddon happened, and that's why all of the, like, the love stories in the action movies happen because they bonded through the pain. But this is Jesus. He comes into humanity. He puts our skin on. He becomes a human so that there would never be a pain that he couldn't bond with us. So that there would never be a time that he couldn't be close to us in our pain because he would actually be like, I know what it's like. And he came so that he could be close, so that the comforter could live in us, so that we would never be alone. And he wants to actually sweep us into our arms when we go through hard seasons and rock us like a baby. Like he wants to be so close. And that's the beauty of Jesus is that when you're going through a hard time, you actually get this connection with him. But what will happen is some of you only know how to experience Jesus' connection through pain. And that's not a healthy thing. We need to be able to experience him through all the seasons. I know people that are addicted to pain cycles because they only know God in poverty. They only know God in struggle. They only know God in strife. And I'm actually like, you can know him in every season. He wants to reveal himself in so many different ways. I think about my, I had an eight-week migraine a couple years ago and it was dreadful. I don't recommend it. And my husband was so compassionate and so kind and so tender towards me. And I remember after the migraine lifted, I had so much connection with him because we bonded through the pain. Pain can be an invitation to relationship. So I'm talking about all of these things. Oh, I forgot the most important. The most important one isn't on there because it's the most obvious. Food. Food, Duncan's love language. You know the Lord's heart because it is, food is a bonding thing. You eat together, you love together. I would say, this is why Jesus told us to take communion. He wanted us to always remember him with food. He wanted us to always bond over him with feasts because he loves it. And so we have all of these different ways and you can have different relationships that fill different things. But like I said, we want to have a fully well-rounded relationship with God. Some of us, like when I was younger, I only knew how to connect to him emotionally and spiritually. I could tell him all of the horrible things happening in my life and I could journal out and I could go to church and worship and pray, but I didn't know how to have fun with him. I didn't know how to invite him into the nothingness, to just feel him when I'm getting ready for the day. I didn't know how to actually enjoy like the purpose. I didn't understand that like when God would tell me, I want you to go talk to that person in Starbucks. Do you know why I love ministry? It's not because it's glorious. It's because every time I get to do ministry, I'm partnering with him. 
I love the bond. It's like a playground. I'm like, oh, you want to do something with me? This is incredible. Yes, let's do it together. Let's do it together. And so our goal in relationship with God is that we are experiencing every way to connect to him. And that doesn't mean like I sit down every day and I go through my seven types of bonding checklists. It's just that I, am, I have invited him to open my eyes to see him in all of the ways. To not get um, sucked into the idea that you can only meet with him one way all the time. So I want to tell this story. It's Luke 24, and it's the disciples, and they're on the road to Emmaus. And what happens is they've just witnessed that Jesus has died. They gave up their whole life to follow him. They thought he would be the Messiah. They thought he would be the one. And then he dies. And then what happens is he, they don't know, but they've heard that his body is missing. And so they're walking around and they're like really intense and they're, they're concerned about what's happening. And, and this is what happens. Jesus comes to them and, and this is how it goes. So it was while they conversed and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? I love Jesus. He's like, sneaky. I died and I resurrected so I could be invisible. <laughs> like he's so excited. And like they're walking and they're like, oh my gosh, Jesus. And, and here Jesus comes and he's like, hey guys, what you talking about? Like he doesn't know. Like I love Jesus because he's always like, he restrains the God part of him that knows everything. Like he knows what they're thinking, what they're saying. He knows what they're going to say, but he's not like that. He's like, I like to relate to humans. And so he's like, tell me, what are you talking about? And then this is what it says. Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem that you have not known the things which happened in these days? I love this. Sass. Are you the only person here who doesn't know? Like, he's about to feel real bad when he realizes who he's talking to. Um, and then this is what Jesus says. What things? This is like cheeky Jesus. You've got to imagine that he's like, are you the only person that doesn't know this? And Jesus is like, no, what? Tell me more. And so they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Certain women of our company arrived at the tomb early, astonished us. Yeah, woman, you get that thing. You, you find the Lord. That's my divine inheritance, to find the Lord. To be the first to know what he's up to. Also, men, you're wonderful too. Okay. <laughs> when they did not find his body, they came saying that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. Imagine that. We did know. <laughs> I'm so sassy, but listen, I love men and masculinity. Like the genders are meant to be united. It's not women are powerful. It's not men are powerful. It's the kingdom of God with women and men are powerful. Okay. So then this is what Jesus says to them. Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all of the prophets, he expounded to them all of the scriptures concerning himself. Now, this is incredible. Can you imagine Jesus coming and giving you line by line throughout the entire Bible every scripture that was about himself, explaining the prophecy from the very beginning until the end? Can you imagine what it'd be like to get the history lesson of the prophetic words about Jesus from Jesus himself? Like, this is incredible. But I look at this story and I'm like, this story is the only way that it could happen. What did Jesus do? He closed their eyes to recognizing him. Why? Because this is how it would have been. Let's say Jesus just walks up. They're like walking. They're like, what happened with Jesus? And he just walks up and he's like, hey guys, I'm Jesus. 
This would be me. Oh my gosh, what happened? Where did you go for three days? What have you been doing? Did you die? Are you alive? Did you go to dead? Did you come back? Or were you always alive? What did you do? Have you seen the Father? Have you did what did you do in hell? What did what is your body like? Let me touch you. Can I put my finger through you? Like, where's your hand nails? Where's your what is happening? Oh my gosh, your hair looks amazing. <laughs> Like, you have got to imagine, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Jesus! Are you a ghost? What is happening? Now, let's imagine that, like, Jesus shows up and I'm feeling all those things and he's like, I'm not going to answer any of those questions, but I would like to give you a history lesson. I'd be like, no freaking way, I've got no attention span! You were dead, you're alive! What does this mean for Israel? Are we going to take over Rome? (laughs) You know, like I would be like freaking out. And so this is what I want to tell you. There are seasons in your life where Jesus actually covers your eyes so that you cannot recognize him the way that you're used to recognizing him. Where he actually hides himself from you so that he can teach you about himself. Because he wants to reveal himself in every season. But there's some seasons where he's in your face and you know him. And there's other seasons where it is a shepherding season. Where he's revealing his nature to you in a different way. I've seen this happen in my life. I was about to become a pastor and God said, I want you to turn that job down and I want you to go on a wild adventure with me. I sold everything I owned. I bought a one-way bus ticket to Kansas City. I met some strangers who were driving to LA and that's how I moved there. And when I was there, it was like God had a divine appointment waiting for me. He showed up with so much of his presence. I was undone. It was like his hand just reached and grabbed into my life. And he shook me up. I mean, like, literally, I'm like, "Ah!" like, my body was electrified with his presence. And it was day in and day out, and I couldn't get enough. I couldn't spend enough time worshiping him. I couldn't spend enough time reading the Bible. I couldn't spend enough time encountering him. They picked me up and carried me out of every meeting that I went to. I remember begging God for mercy, like, no one talk about Jesus. My body hurts too much from manifesting. They'd be like something. They'd be like, let's pray to bless the food. I'm like, do not bless the food. My body cannot handle more. It was like I was a radio antenna that just any waves about God anywhere was just like, "Ah!" got great abs in that season. It's a really good workout. You, have you ever seen those, like, the workout that says, like, it'll shake you into being in shape? That's Jesus. Somebody stole the idea from him. <laughs> they copyrighted that. Ah, oh, that's in the Bible. Okay. So I encounter him, and I got to tell you, it was like I encountered joy for the first time, and all of a sudden I saw it was a good God. I didn't know he was good. I didn't know he was close. I didn't know he was connected. And I'm thinking, dear God, thank you that you didn't let me become a pastor. I would have ruined people's lives. Like the no that you get in a season might be the best thing that has ever happened to you. So all of a sudden, he tells me not to become a pastor because he wants me to actually know him. And now I'm encountering his goodness, and I'm like, you're fun. You're joyful. You're happy. Oh, my God. I never knew he was happy. I didn't know. you. It is impossible for you to live in joy if you see an upset God. It's impossible for you to live in joy if you don't see him smiling all the time. How are we going to be different than the God we see? The God I saw was mean and angry and disappointed and and wanted me to work all the time. And then I found this God who was fun and enjoyable and delightful. And he shook me out. And I was like, God, you heard my story. I was so broken and so tormented. I was like, this is the best thing. I'm never leaving. I remember telling people, I will be drunk forever. And I said, "That, that may not happen. I was like, you don't know. I got favor with the Lord. And so then I got married. And all of a sudden... The presence changed, and I didn't feel God the same way. And it was like all of my old wells, like I would go to worship, and I'd be like, 
fiddling my thumbs. I couldn't find the Lord at all. I'm like, where did you go? And he was like, actually, I'm here in a different way. I want you to actually learn how to communicate with your husband. I actually want you to learn how to actually have real relationships. I used to pray that God would just like tell my boyfriend, like tell him my feelings are hurt. And he's like, I want you to actually use words and connect. And I went through the season where God didn't encounter me in any of the old ways. I would go to church, I would feel nothing. And so the only way I could connect to God was actually for praying for people or loving them or holding them. And he just changed the pathways. And so I remember God saying, don't you know the actual cry of your heart wasn't to be drunk forever. It was to live in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And he did, in the season he was in my face, he shook me up. In the season where he was shepherding me, he actually worked things out. He removed all the things that hindered joy. He removed the things that hindered peace. He actually had me work on stuff. And I want to tell you today that actually whatever season you're in, some of you are like, when the season changed, you think God is now upset with you. When the seasons change, you think like, oh, God's not involved anymore. I must have done something wrong or I have to go back to the way I used to relate. And what religion says is that you relate to God one way and you do it forever. And if he's gone, it's his message to you, you failed. But relationship is, there's all these different ways to bond to God. It's like, I say it's like a where's Waldo. Does anybody remember that? He's always on the page. It's just my job to figure out where and how. Like, God is always with you. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. It says, if I go to the heights, there you are. If I go to the depths, there you are. There's nowhere I can run from your presence. And so my question is not, is God with me? It is, how is God with me? How is God involved in my season? And so when I talked to you about the seven bonds, it was like, hey, God wants to connect to you in new ways. He wants to show up in different ways. And if he's different than another season, that doesn't mean you're in a bad place. It just means that he's revealing himself differently. Just like in the Bible, when God closed their eyes to see his face, he opened their hearts to receive revelation. Revelation comes in seasons of hiddenness. So if you're in this place, I'm just gonna pray for a couple people real fast. If you're in this room and you're like, I'm in a season of hiddenness, I'm in a season where God is not showing up the way that he used to and things that I used to connect through aren't working in the same way. If that's you, I just want you to stand. We could have somebody play real quick. I also want, if you are in this room and you feel like God has abandoned you in this season, like you feel like his presence has just lifted and you're like, where'd you go? Ah, I'm alone. If that's you, I want you to stand. Okay, if you're around somebody standing, I just want you to put your hand on them. So Holy Spirit, right now we invite you that they would feel the kiss of God. I just hear him saying, I'm with you. I am with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. You have not failed me. I'm not disappointed in you. I didn't remove my presence from you as punishment. I haven't forgotten you. I'm so close. It's just different. So God, I ask that you'd begin to open their eyes, that they would see that you're actually doing something. You're doing something behind the scenes. You're doing something that that is revealing your nature. You're actually getting to their heart in a different way. Would you help them see where Waldo is? Would you help them see where Jesus is? God, if it's, I want to meet you in nature, or I want, to, I want to show up in this TV show and talk to your heart about it. I want, to, I want to show up in the conversations you have. Wherever it is, God, you are everywhere in everything, and you want to get to our hearts in so many ways. And so, God, we ask that their eyes would be opened to hear and feel your goodness, that they would be able to experience your presence. You have not been forgotten. I break any lie that's been sold to you that, oh, you just got forgotten. I'm just forgotten. He doesn't want to be here. 
any lie that, oh, I'm failing. We just break the lie that I'm failing. God, I thank you that this is part of a refreshment. Like what feels like I'm hidden or, or it's just, I'm not getting to touch God the way that I did before. It's part of a refreshment. It's a changing, it's, it, it's an expanding that you might actually know abundant life because all of a sudden you're able to see God in so many different avenues and ways that you could never imagine before that all of a sudden he's saying I'm actually over here in this you didn't know that I would encounter you in these ways over here he's expanding your understanding of him right now and it's actually a beautiful gift that's happening so God I thank you for the expansion that's happening because as that happens we can see your goodness in everything that your goodness is in all kinds of avenues. So God, thank you for the abundant life that is coming through this. And um, I just hear it's time, for some of you, it's time to learn how to come alive where you're planted. There's an invitation in this season to actually discover what it is to fully come alive right where you're at, irregardless of the circumstance around you. So life, 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 we just release life in this season. That it be the most life-giving season you have ever experienced in Jesus' name. If you're in here, I just want you, if you're just anyone in here, will you stand? Everyone, that's what I mean. If you're anyone, that's you. So will you put that slide back up there for a second? I want you to just take a second it's gonna come up here, it's like magic. I'm just going to um, sing the Jeopardies. Oh, there it is, okay, they knew, they knew to get it. Okay, so I want you to look at these and I want you to ask God, what is one area of connection that I need more of in this season? Or what is one area that I haven't learned how to connect to you? Have I learned how to see your winking at me? Have I learned how to hear your jokes? Have I learned have I encountered your physical touch? Have I learned how to be present with you in the nothingness? I just want you to ask God, what is one way that I'm supposed to connect, that I want connection with you in this season? It's God's heart to have all connection with you. He's the most relational being. He just loves to be close to you in every way possible. He loves to show you new sides of him, new, new angles, and he wants to bond with you in the closest ways. So right now, I just want you to close your eyes and we're just gonna pray for that connection in this season. So God, Let this be so enjoyable. As your sons and daughters discover connection in ways that they never have before. As you shake us out of old religious paradigms or old ways of doing stuff, that you're actually breathing fresh life into us as we begin to connect that God in this season where there's actually been walls in people's hearts towards certain avenues of connection because it didn't feel normal, because they didn't experience it as kids, because it felt scary, that all of a sudden these walls come falling down and connection feels really easy because they found a new avenue than ever before. Connection connection, connection, connection that shatters abandonment, connection that breathes life on the relationship, connection that shatters fear. There's some of you that have been having fear in this season because you didn't know how to get connection with God. And so God, we ask for a fresh revelation of what avenue of connection that you're trying to give to each individual here in this house. And I hear him say, really, I'm not trying to punish you. I'm trying to give you a gift. 
I'm actually trying to meet a part of your heart. It's almost like this. I see that there's a piece of your heart that, um, that it's like, this is how you've always wanted to relate to God, but you didn't feel like you had permission or you just didn't know that God could express himself in this avenue. He's going, no, I'm breathing life on this piece of your heart that you actually really come alive in and I'm meeting you over here so that you can actually experience a greater piece of you and realize that I love this part of you. So God, we ask that just like my words broke out of the box on this PowerPoint, that you would break out of our box about connection with you, that you would show up in our face in all the different ways that you want. I hear that some of you are like, I need a Jesus in my face season. Like you're like, I understand looking for where's Waldo, but I would like a Jesus in my face season. If that is you, will you just raise your hand real quick? If you're around somebody with their hands raised, just put your hand on them and we're just gonna release the presence of God. God, you have permission. We just say, God, you have permission. Bring down our walls, bring down our fears, that we wouldn't be afraid of intimacy, that we wouldn't be afraid of being known, that we wouldn't be afraid of being seen, that we wouldn't be afraid that if you really know us and really see us, that we would not be good enough, that all of a sudden, that you would see the full invitation to fully inhabit our bodies, our minds, our spirits, and our hearts. Holy Spirit, shake us up. You have permission to wreck our lives again, to wreck our lives again, to wreck what is normal, to wreck what is comfortable, to wreck what we think it should look like, to wreck what we want to be like, that you can wreck our reputations. You can wreck us. You can wreck our control. God, you have permission to show up in a way that undoes us again and again and again and again. And I hear this last thing in that that him getting up in our faces, it reminds me of this story where I had this uh, beautiful encounter with God. But before I was about to have the encounter, God was like, do you wanna keep it all together or, or, and, and, and look all good and look all right? Or are you willing to get messy? And so there are gonna be these encounters where God's gonna get in your face in this season, but you have to be willing to let go of control and allow it to be messy and allow possibilities of people may judge you and misunderstand you, but he's like, I'm just gonna come meet with you if you're willing to let down your guards and surrender and trust me with this. So we give you permission to be messy and out of control and out of the box and for the pastors here to have to deal with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.